0: Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform.
1: We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in.
0: Hello, everybody. This is your host, P. I'm here with my co-host, Jared. And we are here with a really special episode. We're super excited. We have the founder and one of the lead members of the Squiggle Dow, That's not their official title, so I'm sorry if I embarrassed you guys. But we have Greg, uh, who's one of the founders of Squiggle Dow, and Dan, who is the community lead and just all-around awesome. Uh, Dan and I have interacted a bunch of times. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Doing great. Excited for this. Jared, of course, here, our resident Squiggle expert.
1: How are you today, my friend? I'm nerding out, man. I can't wait to dig deep into this is one of my favorite discords is the squiggle now but uh to have the the luxury of being able to to dive a little bit deeper and and ask questions in a long format i'm super excited today i am super excited too
0: i mean you guys you don't even know i i love squiggles maybe i'm fourth in this call of who loves squiggles the most but i i do really really love them and i wish i had so many more as i'm sure we all do so we're really excited and honored that you would join us and take time out of your day to speak with us. I know you all are busy. You were doing a lot of really awesome stuff with the Dow. And I think this will be a really exciting episode for our listeners because of everything that's been going on, especially in the past week. It's been like 100 Squiggle sales or something like that, that that's on-chain and off-chain, over-the-counter. Who knows? Uh, just really quick house cleaning. Uh, I think all of us here own Squiggles, so that's a disclaimer. Uh, as we talk about them, and this is an audio only episode. We will have it on YouTube, but we'll just have some artwork, some squiggles, of course, uh, in place of the video here. All right, let's let's hop in. I mean, you guys are really ogs to squiggles. So Greg, Dan, would love to hear how you even got introduced to the project, maybe even to crypto. what's your story that led you to your to your first squiggle?
2: Well, I wish I was one of the original mentors, but I was not. So, I also feel kind of late to the game in some ways. My thesis around NFTs wasn't really formed. And I watched the whole CryptoPunks thing evolve. I live in the city where CryptoKitties took off as well. And it just wasn't clicking for me. But I was an early Bitcoiner and got into the space because I saw, you know, a world, an unlock for a better world. And I wanted to affect that. And then it just never really happened. You know, turns out people don't really care about their banking as much as I do. And, you know, I was disenfranchised from that a little bit. And then I was sitting on this couch with a good friend of mine, Jess, from Seed Club, and we were talking about community tokens and DAOs. And throughout that conversation, it just clicked for me that this was, this is the way that we were going to unlock crypto for people. Because everyone in some format loves art maybe not jpegs but music theater movies everybody resonates with one of those things and you combine that with you know crypto economic communities and you you have a platform to really bring a lot of people into the space and align interests and values and and activate them in very effective ways and that that was the genesis of my interest in the space. And for it was actually Jess who introduced me to the squiggle as well. And he's like, this could be important. This could be a thing we could wrap a community around and make it even more important than it would be on its own. And I, you know, I started to unpack that. And then it just sort of clicked for me like, oh, yeah, this could be a real thing. So from, I think it was a week later, I minted the squig token and then it just kind of went from there. When was that? March 15th, 2021. I think, yeah.
3: Yeah, and so I wasn't as early. I actually have a question for Greg. Like, do
2: you remember how much a squiggle was when you formed the DAO? I mean, I was buying them for like 0.1 ETH at the time. All right, no no more questions like that. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, the, it's it's un. it must be unreal for you to see it manifest the way it has now.
2: It was terrifying for quite a while because... We formed the idea and built the DAO before any of that took off. And then just as we were starting to build the community, the prices exploded. And all of a sudden we're sitting on this huge asset and we have literally no money. Like I put an ETH in the multi six so we could perform transactions, but like, that was it, you know, it was, it was terrifying. It was like, okay, well, what do we do now? <laughs> But fortunately, there were a lot of people that were paying attention that were looking to support communities growing in the space. And we were able to, after months of, you know, doing the the salesman routine, finding some partners that were really like, we also believe that communities are the wellspring of culture moving forwards. And we want to, we want to be involved in this. So that was a really amazing experience that ended up happening in December of 2021. We closed uh, a treasury diversification round with two Ventures, Standard Crypto, the Lao Seed Club Ventures, with curated. Yeah, since then it's been really exciting. So
1: when the I know that people donated squiggles for Squig token initially. Is there any of the, uh, the squiggles that were donated that now looking back you your jaw just kind of drops?
2: Well, I I donated this one which is three, six, seven, two, the, my favorite squiggle of all time. It's a full spectrum. Um, and, uh, you know, there's moments where I have some regret around it, but not really, you know, I also donated a ghost squiggle, like one of the nicest ripped white background ghost squiggles. And I remember making the decision to do it. I was like, Oh yeah, I want to signal my commitment to this thing. So I'm going to send in something, you know, special. Just be like, hey, I'm I've got just as much skin, if not more, than everybody else as a part of, I don't know, committing to making it happen, if that makes sense. No, that's
1: awesome. I'm sure the the DAO is very appreciative of what you did, but that's that's incredible to say I donated a full spectrum. It's incredible. Yeah, that
0: is amazing. And for you know, everyone's on audio, when Greg says I donated this, he's got this awesome squiggle hoodie that Oh yeah. I really want as well now. So get, be on the lookout for those, especially if you're in Marfa. Uh, Dan, how did you find your way to your first squ- squiggle and then eventually the DAO?
3: Yeah, um, I wasn't as early as Greg. I was not buying squiggles for 0.1, uh, unfortunately. But for me, I think, you know, I'd been in crypto for for many years, more like just the Bitcoin side, had seen the rise of crypto punks and other sort of like early NFTs and thought, okay, that's, that's kind of neat, but really wasn't for me. Um, and then I started hearing about generative art and digital art, and it didn't really quite make sense to me until, um, I dove a little bit deeper into it. I thought of it as not just like art, but also a digital collectible. And that's when it clicked for me. I, you know, I used to collect a lot of different things, whether there was sneakers or baseball cards or watches. And the idea of like a digital collectible made a ton of sense to me. And then once I dug a little bit deeper and learned more about the history and learned more about the squiggle, I was like, wow, the squiggle itself is a no-brainer as this cultural artifact, this thing that's going to be representative of an entire movement. Uh, and I knew that I wanted to be a part of that. So it was in summer, late summer of 2021, after the DAO had been formed for a few months that I started just you know, poking around and seeing what I could do and got in contact with Greg and a, a couple other folks from the DAO. And just started contributing, just doing stuff because I really believed in it. I really believe in the idea of community. I really believe in the idea of decentralization. And like Greg said, I think that community is going to be the wellspring of culture going forward. So it's really important for me to be a part of that.
0: That's awesome. It's uh, kudos to you for seeing it so quickly. I mean, both of you for seeing it both so quickly, and, and Greg taking the action and creating it. I'm curious. I'd love to hear sort of how the DAO evolved. For you, Greg, and uh, even for you, Dan, as well, since you've been in it for so long, like, how has it changed? Maybe, like, are there some highlights of okay, early on, here's what we're doing, here's what we're thinking. And then we realized this and we kind of shifted to this and we realized, oh, yeah, that works. I know it's a kind of a vague question, but anything that sticks out in your mind in that journey as the DAO has evolved?
2: Um, I'll start by saying, I think what hasn't changed, which was the, the underlying thesis of, you know, communities being the wellspring of culture, which is kind of becoming a bit of a tagline right now, but figuring out how to create that has been a, and will be continuous learning experience because this is a very, I mean, digital communities have existed for a long time now, right. To go back to the BBS days, but now you're laying in all layering in all these Financial, social elements, and and incentive mechanisms, and game theory that didn't really exist before, and you throw that into an ecosystem where there's this expectation of you know hundred x's, and you know, and we're all going to make it, and all these kind of memes that are just very like profit oriented, and you run into a lot of competing motivations. So. And on top of that, you're essentially trying to build a startup at the same time, which is even, you know, in web two is extremely difficult, right? You're talking about high degrees of uncertainty, um, incredibly fast paced ecosystems, getting people to try and work well together, finding out what the right thing to build is. Then you have product market fit problems. There's just so many layers of complexity involved. And of course, everything you do is under the spotlight at the same time. And anyone has a microphone to say they like or don't like what you're doing. And so I think at the beginning, and especially during the bull, it was very easy to just like, you know, do stuff and nobody's really like critiquing it or providing feedback. They're just kind of along for the ride. And then as things shift, you know, sentiment shifts and the momentum shifts as well. And what I think what one of the lessons for me initially was like really at the beginning, trying to maintain the ideology of decentralization in everything that we did and realizing that was actually holding us back in some ways. You know, there were too many chefs in the kitchen for a lot of the decisions that really just should have been made by an expert that the community endorsed. And eventually we sort of, migrated towards that we ran lots of experiments and we tried different things and it was like if we really want to go and build something well i guess the the lesson was like hey if a bunch of people just show up and we you know give them money and say hey let's go do stuff that net things would naturally happen and it turns out that that doesn't really work very well because really what you need to build something complex is people that have a resilient belief in something, regardless of external, external conditions. And they have the expertise to deliver on that, right? The expertise and the commitment. So over time, you know, the people that really believed in what we were doing started to surface. And Dan is a perfect example of that kept showing up. He kept wanting to do things. He kept creating value and same thing with Nifty 50, who is also a a team core team member and, and basically just came out of the community and as more and more of those people showed up we realized oh this this is really the way that we get things done right we we are accountable to the broader community but we need ex- experts that are dedicated to this longer term view and are willing to put their careers and their time into this thing in order for us to create the 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 ability for the larger community to participate and that's really the sort of maturing belief that i think we're we're starting to run with right now is like you know you can look at open communities like subreddits and things like that where you know people can create value just by sharing ideas or feedback or questions and whatnot but in a community like this where we're trying to create culture you're actually building things that are more complex you can't just aggregate opinions and aggregate ideas and have those manifest into culture you actually need to go and build things and so as we started to work as more of a core team within the DAO, we started to realize, okay, well, now we have the ability to go and build stuff. So, what are we going to build that allows the broader community to actually create value as well? Because, you know, if we're doing, um, you know, when we were building out our brand, you know, we were working with brand agencies, we were working with visual designers and experts, and, you know, we would ask feedback from the community, but it wasn't particularly useful. In in things like that, where we're asking about a you know an aesthetic on a on a brand, but there are ways for a large diverse community of people who may not be experts, who may not have eight hours a day to put into SquiggleDAO, who may not have a huge stake in what's going on, but they can still create value. And it was a learning process on well, what are what are those things? What are the ways that community members can really add value? And then how do we unlock that? participation. And that's really, you know, I think we we've learned enough over the last year that we have a clear view of of what that participation model looks like. And now essentially the roadmap that we have going forwards is unlocking that capability. And a lot of it, what it boils down to is leveraging wisdom of the crowd to make decisions that are value accretive to the DAO and to the participants. I got a question for you. Sure. First of all,
0: that was extremely eloquent. And you've clearly thought very deeply about this, which of course makes sense because you you have been running this organization. But uh, thank you for sharing that. That's super interesting. And I love how the way you're thinking about it very long term, right? Like, let's build the infrastructure and the incentives in the system so that all these people who have this energy that they want to put towards helping can go ahead and help. I'm curious, to me, this is the power of Web3. This is why I love this stuff. I mean, the art is great, but it's like, what can we do together? How can we organize? How can we go and solve things, promote things, whatever it is that we want to do collectively? And how can we form a community that is extremely spread out? I mean, there must be squiggle holders in every continent or, well, okay, that's, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case right now. And I'm sure it will be very soon. If not, what is kind of the mission, if you will, or what? where are you? Do you want to have people focus their energy sort of in the, I don't know if moonshot's the right word, but sort of like that North Star, Where what's the destination and like, how are you thinking about that?
2: There's multiple ways to look at it, I guess. I think the inspiration is that, okay, let's say you go to the Museum of Modern Art and you see paintings on the walls or you see a sculpture that's iconic and you're like, wow, that's really evocative and amazing there's very few people that were involved in getting that statue where it is. One of them's the artist, And then if you look at the way the art industry works, you know, there's dealers and there's brokers and there's, you know, patrons and stuff like that, but it's a relatively small community and it's very difficult for art to become relevant in the traditional world. It was very much, you know, a Kingmaker style experience where people who had the reputation would endorse certain artists and then it would become relevant. And I think that's, Completely shifting, and that's one of the opportunities with something like SquiggleDAO, where not only you know you can leverage a community to to focus attention and creativity to make things more relevant, right? We can leverage a large community to make the squiggle more relevant itself. But on the flip side, you know, if if SquiggleDAO somehow gets the MoMA to receive a donation and put a squiggle on the wall, all of the members in the DAO can say, Hey, I helped do that. And that is a unique experience. that's never been available to people before. Right. And I think that's something that's incredibly compelling to, to basically put your own mark on history by saying, wow, I was part of the community that made that happen. Cause that's never really been an opportunity before. And so. I love that. And let me just
0: say, I am all for this. I think that you all are in addition to being able to say, yeah, we're the first group to do something like this, it's also, you're kind of paving a model for others to follow and say, here's how you can organize. And here's, in some ways, I almost see the mission of Out, at least in my own mind, right? We've never talked about this before, but one of the missions I see of is figuring out how do you organize people around these symbols and go and, and, and spread things into the world. I, I think it's fascinating. And that can be applied to all sorts of things. Like you know, another project that we did an episode on was Gazers, and the Gazers have a really strong community. And you know, they they seem to just really enjoy the art. And I think it's their focus is the appreciation of the art. But as I've looked around, I found that the communities that are more focused tend to be able to accomplish more. And, and you guys certainly are in that category. So that's really interesting to hear how you think about it. And yeah, I, I'm Dan. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well as sort of a core member of the DAO. Yeah. So my background is in marketing, like specifically brand work.
3: And so I not only see the squiggle as this cultural artifact and this beautiful piece of art, but I also see it as a brand. And I think that that great brands tend to have a really great tension to them. Something that, you know, two ideas that don't normally people think of them together, but then when you see them together in a brand, it sort of changes the way you view things and it really can inspire action. Um, like Disney is a classic example of that. It's magic, but it's in real life. You know, you have uh, these cool characters and all these storylines, but it's also something you can experience in person. And I think that's something really magical and why every, you know, every kid or most kids are really excited about their trip to Disneyland or Disney World or wherever. Uh, and for the Squiggle, I think it's this com- this cool combination of beautiful fine art and welcomingness and engagement. I think Greg said it really well when he talked about how, the quote-unquote traditional art world can feel very gated, can feel very exclusive, can feel very elitist and, and small. And so I think squiggles themselves have, represent something much more beautiful about Web3 and about the openness of it. And then the fact that there's a DAO forming around it and there's a community forming around it is sort of just like this natural extension of the idea of Web3 and and the, the art itself. Uh, so in that vein, I you know, we we want to make the squiggle sort of like the emblem of Web3. We want it to feel like something that you can own, but also something you can participate in. Uh, but also feels engaging and, and welcoming. It's like, hey, join us, not hey, we're gonna gatekeep you or you know, put barriers up for people to join. Uh, no, this is this is a community we want as many people to be in as possible. And then of course we're we're collecting as many squiggles as we can. And I think um, we've set an, a very audacious goal of collecting a thousand squiggles. Not just to own them and say, haha, we have a thousand squiggles, but to make it publicly accessible, community governed and run so that you know everyone can feel like they have a stake in this in the Chrome squiggle, whether or not you own one. Hey, if you're part of the DAO, you are part of this group that helps to community organize and govern this awesome treasury of squiggles.
0: Also amazingly well said. Sorry, what what one thing super fast and, and then I'll let you go, Jared. I just want to say I could not agree with you more. The squiggle to me is, is the symbol of, of Web3, not just generative art, not just NFTs, but it, it's like the symbol of Web3. It, it is universal. Anyone can see it and recognize it. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter what language you speak. I think they're beautiful, but they're also a little bit playful and fun. There's all this variety to them, so you can geek out on them. And even structurally, there are 10,000 of them, whereas a lot of these generative art projects only have 1,000 or fewer. Which inherently makes it more accessible. There's just so many elements to it that I think are fantastic. And that's why I'm so excited about them. It's not even about being bullish. It's not about money. It's just this is
1: such a cool thing that exists. Yeah, I was going to say, I appreciate you, you two sharing your thoughts because I think that, uh, and I think this is why the synergy amongst, you know, Snowfro, the creator of the Chromy Squiggle and the Dow have been so synergistic, has really been that, uh, you know, Eric's been such an advocate for for the space and the growth and the awareness. Um, and th- my experience with the DAO has always been very open and inclusive, all the way at, at every single step of the way. Whether it's your guys's um, the the town halls that are amazing, or all the way down to you know seeing you guys and meeting you IRL at uh, Venus over Manhattan for the the three hundred and ten. Squiggle mint, you know, it, it was. Um, you guys have done a phenomenal job of being inclusive, and, and what I've really enjoyed seeing is the the blossoming of the space. I mean, it's one of the discords I'm most active in, and you know, just seeing new people onboarding as the as the squiggle goes up and the the enthusiasm, you know, it gives me even further conviction that uh, what you guys are doing is actually meaningful. And, and it's well-intentioned because it, it's aligned, in my opinion, with with the spirit of, of not only Web3, but, you know, Snowflow and the Crom-y Squiggle. So yeah, kudos and hats off to you guys uh, for, P and I talk about this all the time, for not just talking, but executing, right? I, I really do feel like you guys are executing at a really, really respectable level.
0: Yeah, 100%. So that makes a ton of sense, the philosophy of the DAO how you are thinking about it abstractly, what, what kind of things are you guys up to these days? And obviously Jared and I know a lot about it, Just, but for the listeners, what are sort of the, the core functions that you're working on now? And maybe w- where do you see this evolving or what are things
2: that are coming down the pipeline? The biggest thing is definitely the swapping to an NFT. Again, we're, we're still laying the foundation for a much longer term vision for communities. And fundamentally, uh, an NFT is a better community token than an ERC20. An ERC20, in many ways, implies you know this is a financial exposure. It's not collectible. It doesn't necessarily make you feel like you're a part of something. But a an NFT does, even if it's just a membership card. You know, it still gives that baseline for us to go and build more social or emotional capabilities than what you could do on an ERC-20. Also, it solves the liquidity problem, which has been something that we've wanted to solve for quite a while. It turns out that providing liquidity on ERC-20 is very expensive. And it, it makes sense for DeFi projects that have eight, nine figure treasuries. But for us, it really is a very expensive proposition and doesn't produce any value back to the Dow. The DAO is or DAOs in general, I think are way more like startups than DeFi projects were. Like there's no, you know, there's no thousand X potential here. You're not, you're not going to be like bootstrapping a billion dollar treasury from, you know, in the first bull market. You, you really have much more of a sustainable foundation you have to build on. And so it's been something that we wanted to do for a while. And, and migrating to an NFT unlocks that without us having to actually put any capital in. Which is really, really great. So that's that's one thing that we've needed to do for a while and and it's gonna happen in December. So that kind of unlocks a lot of different capability. It unlocks new business models for us as well. And going forwards from there, it's there's there's a couple of focus points. One is continuing to invest in our DeFi technology and expand the liquidity that we're providing in those markets. I think ultimately. We're gonna see big players come into the space and provide more liquidity there. So it may not be competitive for us on longer timeframes, but right now it's quite lucrative. And when loans fail, we get a squiggle at a discount. We've already got two this year from loans defaulting. So it's a win-win situation because it increases the store of value of the squiggle. If the loan works out, we earn an income. If the loan doesn't work out, we get a cheap squiggle, which is what we would have spent the income on anyway. So it's there's a no-lose scenario there for us. And we're trailblazing for the squiggle, which is really valuable. But really, like the focus point that I think going forwards that we really want to be paying more attention to is community participation, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier. So, what are the ways that we can provide? any kind of community member to participate in the dao's value creation and what that boils down to is acquiring squiggles or promoting the squiggle so how do we unlock that capability for DAO members that's actually engaging and so we're we're in the early stages of product design for squiggle acquisitions and the concept is can we allow DAO members to autonomously or as autonomously as possible, spend the DAO's treasury to acquire squiggles that are meaningful. Um, And the idea there is that you're leveraging wisdom of the crowd to make decisions on which squiggles to purchase, which is something that we want to do anyway, but you're allowing the community to make the decision rather than a team of experts or an individual, which is kind of how we operate now. And the beauty of that is that, you know, if it's engaging and rewarding for people, then it drives more participation within the DAO. Plus, if, you know, 500 people are like, hey, we should buy this squiggle. Well, now that squiggle is actually meaningful because 500 people said they already like it. So it, it has that sort of virtuous cycle to it where participation creates value. And really what we want to do is find more sustainable ways for that to exist. We don't want to Create short-term gamification mechanisms like what you see with Art Gobblers, which is kind of, you know, Ponzi style economics. I don't think those things are going to last very long. They're great for accruing tons of value and tons of attention in a short period of time, but that's not the kind of approach that we want to take with Squiggle Dad. We look, we're looking for more longer-term options and you know, buying squiggles and allowing people to participate in that is one way of doing it. If we we do it well and it's engaging and we can recognize people for their contributions, then that is a sustainable activity. The other around culture is very similar. And that's where we really want to activate the community because the size and participation of the community in those events is the amplification of whatever that event is, right? So if we you know, donate a squiggle to the MoMA, but don't tell anybody, well, who cares? But if it's thousands of people voting on whether we should do that or not and talking about how excited they are and then feeling excited about their participation in that thing, well, now it's meaningful, not only for the donation itself, but for the community as a whole, you know, what's the next thing we could do? What's the next big event that we could possibly achieve that we wouldn't be able to do as individuals? And Trying to unlock that capability within a community is really what I think is ultimately going to make SquiggleDAO a success in terms of its community and not just its treasury. So
0: so much to unpack there. I'm going to snip off one part and uh, throw it over to you, Dan. I know you have been uh, doing a lot of community initiatives lately. Maybe you could tell folks about some of the stuff that you all have done to promote squiggles in the culture, like Greg was talking about. I know, for example, you had squiggles on billboards at NFT NYC. What other stuff for for folks who are listening who may not be as familiar with Squiggle DAO uh, could you highlight here to say, hey, here's here some of the stuff that we're, we've been doing?
3: Yeah, um, I think in... In sort of like larger spaces, one thing that we've had a lot of success with is partnering with other organizations who are like-minded and who are have sort of similar missions as us. So at NFT NYC, we, we were able to partner with Venus over Manhattan to host a Splittle Gallery. We partnered with Save Art Space, which is a not-for-profit dedicated to helping to declutter commercial spaces in urban environments. We also partnered with DECA, which is a great social and art gallery um, tool or app um, where people can share and create their own um, NFT galleries. And so those are the kinds of things that we love doing at uh, NFT NYC in order to help sort of bring the swiggle into culture, but also to partner with other like-minded individuals. We'll, we'll have some other similar things on tap as we head into Art Basel uh, next month. We're really excited. I'm actually gonna be putting up a proposal in the coming days around some really cool stuff that we're doing there. Uh, But also going back to what uh, Greg was talking about in terms of getting the community involved and tapping into expertise, one cool thing that we did that I'd love to see more of going forward is we found a community member named Mackenzie Davenport, and he said, hey, I really want to do a video to onboard new people into generative art uh, and the Crony Squiggle. And I have this expertise in storytelling, I have this expertise in video creation, so I want to do this thing. And... I think it'll be great we said cool we'll send us a script and you know tell give us a little bit of like your portfolio and we, we'd love to support and he ended up making this awesome video that linked generative art all the way back to mozart and uh you know uh very historical move- art movements that even i didn't know about uh and has been a great tool to onboard thousands literally thousands of people have seen the video and uh you know as a DAO, we were happy to help support him on that and now he's a full squiggled out member just like anyone else, and I think that's the kind of stuff that we would love to continue to see going forward. Tapping into community members' expertise and passion for the Squiggle in order to help achieving in order to help achieve the DAO mission.
1: I would come over the top and say a lot of this has been about like Squiggle ownership. I think that for anybody who uh, is interested in the Squiggle, any listeners out there who either do not have a Squiggle or are interested in knowing more information about their Squiggle, the the Squiggle Dow. Website is such a plethora of information; it's incredible, and not to mention, it's aesthetically one of the most pleasing websites I've ever seen in my life. So, you guys had—I know you launched that recently. It's a really great resource, and then you know, to join the SquiggleDAO Discord, which I would highly uh, encourage everybody to do. You don't have to be a Squiggle owner; there is some gates to to get into all the conversations, but a particular channel that I absolutely enjoy stopping by is buy a squiggle and if you want to just talk to community members and or get opinions about certain things i know that uh you know both you dan and and um nifty are always uh, available and super eager to to help people out so to me you know you guys are not only advocating for the squiggle but also just general knowledge and, and so you guys have some tools out there for low-friction engagement, which I always thought was um, really exciting and and very generous of of everybody in the the Squiggle Dome.
3: Yeah, I think that's really important for us, because for those of us who are really deep into Squiggles and generative art, it can feel sort of like second hat to know all the traits and all the rarities or even the backstory behind the Squiggle. Uh, But it's really important for us as we want to increase the cultural relevance of Chromie Squiggles and generative art overall. we're able to provide the education and the approachability to anybody, whether you're a Squiggle expert or you're brand new to generative art or even NFTs and you want to learn something. Uh, So we really appreciate you saying that about the Discord and the website being great resources for all
1: kinds of folks. And that's literally just www.squiggledao.com. So, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but... And you get a really, really cool rainbow squiggle-inspired uh, cursor yeah, if, you, if you cruise the site, which is fun.
0: And Dan, just so everyone knows, what are the requirements for somebody to be in the DAO?
3: Right now, uh, we have our squiggle-gated channels uh, within the Discord are for squiggle holders or for people who own 1,000 squig tokens. So that's kind of the way that we, that we, that we view things right now. Uh, obviously, to participate in governance, you need to be owning SWIG tokens. So, if you want to vote on the things that help us decide what we do with our treasury and where we put our resources, that's where the SWIG token ownership comes into play. But, you know, obviously, those things are things that we're going to be reevaluating as we move forward with this token swap from ERC twenty to ERC seven twenty one.
0: Right. Right. And and before we get into all that, or I guess that so the timeline. I know Greg alluded it to it being in December. Do you guys have a hard set time yet for that?
2: no we're still um so the majority of it is done and the nft membership card is still in design um and we want to make sure that you know it's something that's truly excellent and so we're you know we're not putting a hard deadline on that the smart contract work is done the audit's done the front end is completed in design and is now in build so that gives us four weeks to wrap up and that's very realistic. So we're hoping to get into it and launch it before the holidays kick in. And I think that's still really viable, but there's no, there's no date yet. We should have something more concrete once we have the artwork completed.
0: Got it. And so for for now, I guess uh, until then, if somebody wanted to officially join the DAO, so anyone can in the discord and then they can go and buy a thousand squiggle tokens to officially be in the DAO. And that would be, uh, I assume this is on like Uniswap or Decentralized Exchange is the best place to grab those. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, we have some
3: and on Uniswap and we also have an OTC channel where we help to facilitate transactions between buyers and sellers because some people are finding that the Uniswap pool sometimes has more liquidity and sometimes has less. And we as a, a Squiggle Dow core team, we're always there to help facilitate because we want to help people join the DAO and help participate in governance.
0: Awesome. And right now, how much is a SWIG token, roughly? That's around a dollar, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's trading, yeah, dollar to $1. Yeah, a dollar. A
3: rough rule of thumb right now is I think if you want to get a membership, enough for a membership, it's about one ETH for a membership for 1,000 squig.
0: Got it. Awesome. So so uh, quite a bit more affordable than a, a squiggle itself, which, as, uh, as we were talking about before, have, have really run up in recent days. And in the future, do you foresee still having this token used for voting purposes while the NFT is for membership? Or how do you see that model shifting in the near term as you launch this uh, membership NFT?
2: The plan is to depreciate the ERC-20. The Mint capability, so the the upgrade from ERC-20 to NFT will exist for a long time. We don't want to exclude anybody from that. So if they're sitting on their airdrop from a year and a half ago and they find out about this, you know, a year from now. They can still upgrade, but the membership, or sorry, the voting governance rights will migrate in a much shorter time frame, probably less than thirty days. So, I, I I love this that the the DAO is is creating a lot of
1: inclusivity through the the Squig token and participation with an actual squiggle. One of the things that I'm really fascinated with, and I've always been, you know, close. Too, in, in, as part of your guys' journey, is a lot of the research that Nifty is doing. Do you want to talk about, or can you speak to, you know, the the value that I think I equate it to a modern day treasure hunt? So I'm, I'm kind of leading the witness here, but uh, do you want to talk about, you know, some of the work that the acquisition team has done as far as research, and then maybe the the plan in the coming future, so anybody listening can can wait with bated breath to to hear all of the different avenues of value you guys are going to bring?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the practical side of that is the, the squiggle market is quite inefficient. It's changing a lot. Like we're seeing premiums on traits that are culturally meaningful. And so the opportunities are starting to disappear. For, for quite a while, there's been meaningful traits that were either undiscovered, undefined or just not well not not visible that we could take advantage of. Um, and so we've been able to acquire what we think are going to be very important pieces at significant discounts because of the effort that nifty and the team has been putting into understanding what those traits are. The other aspect of it is that defining and celebrating those traits as new, Characteristics of the squiggle make the squiggle more interesting, more collectible, more relevant, more celebrated. And so there's sort of a a cultural value creation aspect of it, which of course is one of the things we want to do. So Nifty's been chomping at the bit to do this for quite a while, but we have some very interesting new traits that he is going to launch over the next little while that we think are going to be extremely special. And fortunate we we've been able to accumulate some of those as well so i think that's going to be really exciting because there's it's just more layers of of interest in the squiggle and i've talked about this before but you know when you look at something like a crypto punk or a board ape it's like the the traits are obvious because they're visual it's like oh well it has a hat or it has an earring or it has this thing on it and those traits weren't necessarily more or less rare potentially some of them were, but a lot of them are just more celebrated because more people like that particular trait. Like the punk hoodie is a very classic example of that. Um, the traits with the squiggle are, more, are far more nuanced except for like, you know, color spread, which is like the the lower the color spread, the more rainbow effect it has is a simplified way of thinking about it. But there's a lot more traits to the squiggle that are actually quite interesting And by defining and then celebrating, but also unpacking those in a way that's digestible will, in theory, make the squiggle more interesting and more collectible. And and those traits themselves will become more meaningful. And it just adds more value to looking at a bunch of squiggly lines and being like, oh, is that a full spectrum? Is that a half spectrum? Is that a, you know, a camel squiggle? You know, is that an up only squiggle? There's, There's lots of different ways to look at it. And we want to celebrate some of those differences and surfacing them in a way that's consumable so that as people look at squiggles and they're thinking about collecting them or trying to understand you know how how a squiggle is valued or what's significant or not about it, it it's easier to pursue that um, through essentially our website which is where all of this stuff will be broken down and yeah there's going to be a lot of those kinds of things coming out in the next few months
0: sorry I'm just gonna say I'm really excited I'm gonna let jared talk but I have something to say afterwards,
1: but I'm really excited by what by what you said. I'm I'm grateful for for that. I mean, you guys. I've done a lot of research on my own, nifty and I nerd out about this, but you guys are making it public, and I think that that's a very admirable approach that only further propagates the Squiggle DAO as a foremost expert in a place for going for everything Squiggle. But you know, you're also doing it very selflessly with with no ask in return. So. I wanted to highlight that research because it's I, I think it's a incredible value. And for anybody who hasn't maybe, you know, gone down the rabbit hole, that is the the squiggle traits and the Von Mises color hues calculation and, and everything that's captured on the squiggledow website, it becomes a, a very at least for me addictive hunt. And and I, I really, really do you know, you, you Greg implied it, which was I said it's a treasure hunt. I mean, there's just so much stuff there that once you unpack it, it's it's an incredible journey. And, and those that have you know red pilled on this is, is they're just you know once you see it, you just can't unsee it. And it, it's I mean, I've even got P digging into the the metadata, and, and, and I
0: found something. I, I reached out to Nifty, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we've been looking at that." And I was like, "Yes, validation. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not crazy, uh, but I I, I I I love what you said, Greg, because." this is coming back to the, okay, well, what are we doing with this? How does this impact the community? How does this impact what we are wanting to go and put that out into the world? And I completely agree with you with apes. uh, They are structurally set up so you can very easily differentiate and sort of form subgroups or sub-tribes, if you will, that all still work for the broader Bored Ape tribe in this example. I think with Squiggles, because they have such lasting power, people will naturally start to find different ways to collect them. You hear about different shapes, like the Loch Ness monster one and the camel one and whatever, and different people start to self-organize around it almost naturally. It's it's very interesting. By identifying these and putting them out there, it kind of puts accelerates that process. It allows people to figure out what they like and group together. And then maybe those groups have different functions, right? Like maybe the, the slinky squiggle fans end up being more marketing focused. And then the other people are more finance focused. I don't know, like the bold people. I, I'm just making things up, but you can almost see how in a tribe you get differential communities and differential expertise that can be leveraged for the group as a whole. And you have this symbol within the symbol of squiggles, which is you know whatever grouping they may uh, end up really liking. And I, I've seen this happen. And Moonbirds is a really interesting example because they have what they call Sub parliaments, a parliament being a flock of owls. So you know it's a little thing having to do with the fact that they're owls, but they have different groups based on characteristics. So there's a dead bird society, which is all the skeleton ones, and they're really robust. They've minted their own project; like they're a real community within that community. And so um, it's—I have a theory that this is going to play out like this in the longer term, especially as we understand how to harness the power of NFTs and these symbols. And uh, I I also want to point out Gazers again, because I think one of the reasons that project is doing so well from a financial standpoint is their community is able to really rally around the 90 different traits in the metadata or (laughs) whatever it is. There's so many. And also they bring an element of time where they change over time. And I think that engages people even more. So I think it's really, really smart on multiple levels, the, the way that you guys are looking at this at this metadata and i'm excited to see what you come out with like i said there's there's one that i found just because i was i was literally looking for it and i was like oh i wonder if there's a way to define this visually uh and uh that that uh, it's just fun it's it's the treasure hunt i mean i feel like all of us in web 3 especially right now like we were some, to some extent
1: attracted to the exploration i know you said that it would be on the website but do you guys have a uh Maybe like a, a a plan for rolling out the information that some of our listenership could start to you know block their calendars for. Not yet, but very soon. All right, so everybody be on the lookout. I know I'm anxiously awaiting myself. Yeah, and is this is this
0: the type of thing where you you think that you know on Open and some of these exchanges, some of this uh, these traits you've identified will show up?
2: That's our mission for sure. It's, this is an interesting point to raise because there are, you know, we've, we've asked Snowfro about it and he's talked about it on other podcasts about how he feels that, you know, introducing new traits is somewhat not the right approach because it, it, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but something to the effect of, you know, it's, it, it, it's, um, it's unfair if he does it. And, um, but if a community does it, right? If it's an open discussion and it's in a community and the and the community supports the trait, then maybe if it evolves from that direction, it can actually become, you know, something that's actually embedded in the metadata. And, and there's no commitment of doing that. But that's kind of an experiment that we're trying to run. So if the community creates and validates a new sub trait or a new attribute, because and, and some of these can be completely subjective, right? They could be the shape of the squiggle. And ultimately, if if that is a trait that could be interesting. The only way to actually create it would be for people to decide is that, is this a up only squiggle or not? It's not something to do with the metadata. It's entirely subjective. And so the community is in a position to go through and literally curate the entire collection and be like, yes, that's an up only. No, that's not an up only. And if that becomes meaningful enough, then I I wouldn't see why it couldn't be adopted as more formal trait, but I think ultimately what we want to do is drive, create enough cultural value and utility and meaning and exploration and and such on the SquiggleDAO website that that just becomes the canonical source for all of these things, and then potentially they are adopted through maybe we launch an API or something like that or some other on-chain metadata capability that allows you know markets or other information aggregators to plug into those traits that we're ultimately created by the community. And that's one of the things
1: I love about this initiative by the SquiggleDAO is, is you're, you're in my opinion, you're hundred percent spot on in the sense that you put it into the community's hands and you see who rallies around what and what becomes, I'll call it those, those sticky moments. And what's cool is it all drives awareness back to the dow. I mean, when P and I were talking about this uh, in preparation for the podcast, I mean, we even noted the difference of, you know, some somewhere like Article has a day zero designation, which is a fully embraced, you know, I'll call it trait, so to speak, or uh, something that it doesn't have an appearance on open uh, OpenSea. So you're already starting to see a, a divergence to some degree, just with the uh, uh, how how uh, different aspects of the squiggle are being um, culturally embraced, and and who's starting to be early adopters versus Maybe laggers, and again, I'm not trying to throw stones in any particular direction, but I just think uh, what you guys are taking on is is admirable because it's it's going to I hope red pill some more as you start to to look into just uh, you know how nuanced the 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 algorithm is on the the squiggle and on the surface it looks like a rainbow squiggle, but the reality is is it it can be so much more complex. <laughs>
0: And this is something that's so interesting about collections and communities. This happens almost naturally. So I've been involved with, uh, on the ENS side, really interested in some of the stuff going on over there. And in ENS, there are no categories. There are no groupings. There's no real metadata, but they sort of emerged. And this 10K club, as they call it, so all four digits, all the four digits possible, nine or uh, 10,000 of them, that has become the de facto sort of blue chip over there, if you will. And it, it's it's just really interesting how people tend to start walling things off and forming tribes almost naturally. And in generative art, as we were talking about earlier, it's not so straightforward or art in general. It doesn't matter if it's generative, but it's not so straightforward what those characteristics are. I mean, ringers is a perfect example. There's so many probably different ways you could collect ringers. So having a system where the community can define their own traits and collect them uh, makes a ton of sense to me, and I think it is the future. We did a podcast on Memories of Chi Lin by Emily Shia. There are background colors in the art that she programmed in that don't show up in the metadata on purpose, so you could collect against that. But right now, it's just... so it's To me, it's like a human behavior that we already want to do. It's just the tools aren't ready or not set up for us to actually do that efficiently right now. So I hope that someday the ones that are really crowd favorites end up in the OpenSea metadata. Or to your point, I hope we move to a system where people can set up whatever they want in terms of groupings and sets and just overlay them on these marketplaces so they can search for them more easily and collect against it. That's yes, exactly it. Yep. So you, you also mentioned a lot of really Interesting, let's call it the uh, stuff that you guys do at the intersection of, of DeFi and Squiggles. Right now, NFT, uh, NFT, Fi give out some loans. Those loans are backed by Squiggles as collateral. If the folks default on those loans, then you get the Squiggle as the collateral. Um, and, it, you know, I'm wondering, do you, where do you see that evolving? I, I know, Dan, you've spoken before about how this is effectively creating liquidity for the market. Uh, with with floor squiggles, where do you guys see that evolving to? Anything you're seeing just kind of being forerunners in that space or other ways you think that liquidity could be added to squiggles and folks who really can't afford one could start participating
3: Yeah, I see it. Uh, Liquidity is the number one thing. I think that that's anybody who um, has bought and maybe tried to sell an NFT has felt that before when, oh my gosh, it's great when you're buying and then if you really need to sell, you feel like you're in a pinch or you have to really take a hit in order to get liquid again on on that asset. And I think that for Chromie Squiggles, some people have called it sort of like the stable coin of generative art, or it's like the Bitcoin of, of generative art. And that's Means it's like the, the steady one, the one that you know will always be there, the one that is the easiest to trade in and out of. And I think that that's awesome that, that the crummy squiggle from a, you know, buying and selling perspective can play that role. Uh, and I think it's reflected right now in like the bid ask spread. I think, um, the bid ask on OpenSea, for example, is probably like on par with a lot of the big, highly liquid and like PFP collections. And that's great. You know, we want people to be able to feel comfortable buying their squiggle and not feel like they're going to be, a, you know, uh, trapping themselves or put it in, put in a tough position later on in case for whatever reason they might have to sell it. And that's something that we as a DAO want to promote um, for squiggle holders as well as participate in. So we're a part of NiftyFi. So Nifty NiftyFi is a, a peer-to-peer NFT lending platform where NFT owners can put their NFT up for, as collateral for a loan. And then lenders can sort of compete with each other and make offers against that loan over various loan lengths APR percentages, as well as ETH value. And so uh, what we do on that is we have an automated lending system where if someone posts a squiggle, they will get um, a loan offer from SquiggleDow uh, guaranteed for their squiggle. And so we feel like that's a great way to help for short-term and medium-term liquidity challenges. Liquidity challenges for squiggle owners. They don't have to sell immediately if, if something comes up. Uh, they can take a loan and, and still hold on to that squiggle that maybe they had traits that they really liked or colors that they really liked or, or whatever it is some, some attachments. So we want to help squiggle owners keep a hold of that. Uh, and For the Dow, it helps generate uh, some yield as well as, um, you know, in the case of uh, someone defaulting on their loan, that's another squiggle added to the Treasury, which is definitely not a bad outcome for the Dow uh, and for Dow members. Another platform that we're involved in is NFTX. So NFTX provides liquidity by having a pool of squiggles that people can buy and sell and trade into and out of. So we have two squiggles staked in NFTX right now. And that allows us to, at any point in time, pull two squiggles out of that pool, but we also earn yield on those squiggles. So as people transact with that NFTX pool, some fees are generated and those fees go back to the people who are participating in that pool and have stake squiggles. So those are two ways in which we're participating in NFT DeFi. And we're talking with a ton of different protocols that are at the leading edge and keeping our ears out for awesome new ideas out there to help inject liquidity in the system and make it easier for people to access squiggles.
1: That's awesome. I know you guys, um, you know, I sit on these acquisition calls and you guys are definitely at the forefront of thinking about this. You know, that's super exciting that not only to hear but to, to see what you guys are doing to pioneer in the space and, and really create what I what I would consider a non-taxable, I mean publicly considered a non-taxable event, but that allows people to access that liquidity that may be locked up. So it's super, super cool what you guys are doing there. In the interest of time, I had one more quick question, which is uh, well actually it's just more of a statement, but I have to say that the squiggle down is probably the luckiest minters of squiggle <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> for, for those who don't know the the squiggle down was gifted five original mints of which one is a hyper bold that's one of 6 7 7, seven. Yeah. so incredibly rare uh, potentially multi-million dollar piece i mean the last one so i think it was like 2.5 million or something like that it's crazy and then recently as of uh about a week or two ago snowfro helped the squirrel dal get to 300 mints so from 290 to 300 he minted 10 for you guys and i have to say i i was i i love watching the mints when 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 the venus over manhattan ones happened but these 10 were even more exciting because you you could scroll really quickly but I say luck because you guys hit a hyper which is one of 127 and arguably the most desirable uh, visual traits uh, of the the squiggle and for those who don't aren't familiar with it go check it out it's a really really condensed and as the name implies hyper concentration of the the coloring it's absolutely beautiful in those 160 170th floor and then not to be overshadowed you had a beautiful i think color spread 6 which was just uh, stunning you had two ribs one of which was literally one integer off from being a uh, a harmonic and it's absolutely stunning so uh, i have to say that um, it's been fun to be a part of your journey and that's uh, the transition to the question that i had which is so what what's up with the future for the squiggledow and uh, you know what are what can you share for for everybody else listening about the vision that you guys are going to deploy and, and start implementing, because I know you got a lot of tricks up your sleeve, but which ones are public?
0: He's asking for the alpha. It's
2: the alpha. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that's going to start coming out very soon, like essentially along with the NFT. Nothing that I think we can really talk about yet, but thematically, we're going to be investing a lot in the website so that it becomes more valuable, even better user experience. More utility, more exploration, more capabilities, community participation thematically is a big priority as well. So what I was talking about around, you know, squiggle acquisitions, funding, cultural events, things like that. And then I think beyond that, there's a lot of white space, but we want to continue along those paths. So I think similar to what you've seen in some of the other communities around brand activations and IRL experiences, you know, there's probably going to be more focus on on things like that as well. But you know, we don't have anything necessarily committed yet. Really, what we're trying to do is, you know, when we started out, there there wasn't a playbook for for how to run a a DAO. There was only a handful of them at the time, and um, in many ways, there's been some really important lessons learned and some ideas validated in terms of what works and what doesn't. And right now, what we're doing is trying to back into some of those foundational elements that will allow us to really accelerate the the community. So although they're you know less sexy in that terms, in that in that sense of like what's the next big launch, a lot of this stuff is going to allow us to unlock a lot of those capabilities. And so I think the next six months is where you're going to really see a lot of new innovation coming out of Squiggledow. A lot more celebrating of the squiggle as well like subtraits and other elements of that like that that allow people to understand the squiggle more and celebrate it more and more acquisitions you know we're, we're going to be aiming to get to 400 next year and that's no small feat because you know that's several million dollars worth of art that we have to acquire and we've got some really interesting ways on how we're going to do that so yeah I would say I say for now stay tuned but there's a lot more that's going to be surfaced in a essentially like a not a public roadmap, but a roadmap that DAO members will be able to see that paints a, a longer term view of here are the, the things that we're going to go and try to build. And um, this is how we're going to get to 400. This is how we're going to make the DAO more sustainable and and those kinds of things. And I think that that's the, the perfect segue, which is, you know, the, and going back to your
1: point, that's just been um, very apparent throughout this entire process, which is community, right? Like you're going to reward those who who participate and you really want to grow a community around something that we've all come to, at least before here, come to, to love and admire. And I can honestly tell you from my personal experience, uh, having joined since the, the first squiggle I bought, uh, I absolutely love the community. You know, I've seen uh, a lot and and onboarded a ton of people to, to come join. And it's been really fun to be in the squiggle chat channel and watch uh, new entrants and old uh members you know start to to really engage in just the flurry of activity has been very invigorating um you know i think what you guys are a testament to what you're doing is is working and so i applaud you guys for for the advocacy you have not only for the the space but also for the individual contributor it's a great team that you've assembled and i can honestly say uh, i'm very grateful to have engaged with uh most of you guys on an individual level and I, I look forward to what the future holds. And and even though there wasn't any specific alpha, what I'm hearing is get that damn uh DAO token and you'll be you'll be all set.
2: Oh well, I appreciate that a lot. You know it's it's a lot of work and you know we are we are trying to go in that direction. You know the the if our mission is to be a cultural have a cultural impact on the squiggle, we need a vibrant community to do that. It's not going to be six people working full time that makes that happen. It's thousands of people showing up and sharing ideas and supporting things and telling stories. And and that's really what we're moving towards is really trying to find ways for people to actually want to, to be here. You know? Yeah. And I'm not just trying to like doubt, doubt like a
1: man crush on you here, but I mean, it's it, the, the amount of support you guys have through the community is incredible. I mean, even the other day, G-Money came in and hopped on the, the town hall. I mean, obviously, Snowfro's participation is is incredibly apparent. So, I mean, it's a really cool network, pretty small and in, in a good way, uh, but the right, I'll call it right-sized and maybe the right, right approach. And, you know, the the, the more I talk to, to the team members, the more I, I respect the mission. It, it, it's pretty incredible, and it's not just about making money it's really about education and like you said the advancement of the squiggle specifically so kudos to you guys
2: thank you really appreciate that
0: yeah absolutely uh i i mean i'm not as involved as jared but i've been incredibly impressed with what you've built and the cultural significance that the dow has i think it's that's fair to say i think it's it, it's interesting like it's hard to think of the squiggle without the dow and you know I I did actually want to ask you guys one quick question I was like should I do this on but I think people want to hear about this you guys as squiggle uh, experts and really I guess a symbol of the squiggle in some ways what are you seeing in terms of traditional art interest in the squiggle I think you know we're we are recording Friday November 4th this week there have been many many squiggle sales not sure how much of this are, is is new money uh, definitely people who are new to generative art but not new to web 3 are buying but i'm just curious like you know how are you seeing swiggles interest in swiggles in museums and other places like that like is it breaking into trad art yet or uh, where, where do you feel like
2: we are in that journey it's early it's very early which for me it just means there's more opportunity for us to to affect that. But. I think generative art is still very much under the radar. What's interesting, there's an article that I read early on, published on, I think it was an MIT newsletter or something, that talks about how artistic movements are formed and what really ingrains them in history. And it was interesting because there's a bunch of different influences, but one of them was sales price. Like when, a, when, a, when an artist or a, a type of art sells for like a new all-time high, all of a sudden everybody cares about it. And um, I think we're going to see more and more of that over time. There's lots of traditional collectors and museums and curators that are looking at this. They're looking at CryptoPunks. They're looking at generative art. They're looking at the squiggle and they're working on bridging that gap. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I think eventually... It's undeniable.
3: Yeah, I would just add, uh, you know, some of the more forward thinking institutions, like, you know, the the of of the world are, are recognizing this. Um, I love what ArtBlocks is doing with the Pace Gallery. Uh, and it's just a matter of time, like Greg said, until uh, these things come out. And uh, if I had to guess, I I've, there's no inside info, but I think that um, we can actually see a real acceleration in, in interest once Snowfrobe mints out the collection. It'll feel complete, it'll feel done, and then people can really t- take a look at the whole thing holistically and say, here's my opinion on it, here's my perspective, and let's respect it. Because uh, right now, it's still a little bit of a living and breathing project. But once it's minted out, I can definitely see a huge confluence of, of interest in, in it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Uh, really well said. And with that, I, I want to really thank you both, Greg, Dan, for your time, for everything you're doing in the space. It's exciting for for innovating in Web3 in, as a whole. So really excited to see how it goes and definitely we'll be getting one of those membership passes excited that you're, you're going that route too. I think that that'll be fun and, and really hope you guys take the Dow to the next level and, and the levels beyond. So where can everybody find you guys? What's the best place to reach you?
2: Probably Twitter zero X Gregory or on discord. Same. Yeah. You can find me
3: everywhere at Homer 33 an ode to my hero, Homer Simpson.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, and we are at Collectors underscore XYZ on Twitter. Everybody's tuning in. Thank you. We appreciate you. We really appreciate Greg and Dan and their time, and we will catch you next time. Awesome.